You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Grizzlies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark King, for this show. i got another great Friday edition of the podcast for you. Amari Sankofa of The Athletic joining me in the second segment of the show. And in the third segment of the show, we'll continue our conversation with the Grizz Gaming players. Today, we are going to have Justin Rodriguez on the show. Uh, J-Rod is his gamer tag shooting guard for Grizz Gaming. So that'll be in the third segment of the show. Make sure you're subscribed to iTunes every single day so you get so you get automatic downloads every single day and if you have time please go rate and review the podcast it really helps on our itunes rankings rankings you can also get locked on grizzlies on the brand new podcasting app himalaya as well as the google podcast apple like i mentioned spotify uh, stitcher literally wherever you get your podcast and when you get in your car tell your smart device to play locked on grizzlies and it'll play the latest episode for you. It's very cool. Uh, Coming up after the break, we're going to have Amari Sankofa from The Athletic. Enjoy the conversation. How much time do I have? Welcome back to the show. Uh, Amari Sankofa, writer for The Athletic, joining me in this segment. Uh, First of all, thanks for for stopping by, man. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's been a minute since the last one, and, you know, it almost feels like a different season given, you know, everything that's that's happened this year. So, uh, yeah, excited to get this started. Yeah, we we talked about after the game, you and I uh, just kind of jokingly, the season's almost, it's almost over. Um, And then it becomes a whole new set of things to talk about um, as far as Mike Conley and uh, who's going to be here and who's not. But uh, one of those players, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, may or may not be here. Uh, What what do you think will happen with with Jonas this offseason? I think Jonas will, if I had to guess, I would say that it'll be just a case of him opting in you know, to that right. $17.6 billion deal. You know, I know there's been some talk of maybe the Grizzlies, you know, re- renegotiate, you know, maybe he turns it down and they lock him down for three or four more years, which, you know, could be a good option given how well he's been playing. But, you know, I just think, I think some dominoes have to fall before they would even get to that point. You know, like we still don't know this is a team that is worth running back and forth next year. Uh, you know, we don't know if they're going to have a pick, which I think will inform their thinking on that process. And, you know, it's, it's just hard to see. You know, if, I'm, if I'm JV, you know, I'm probably realizing that the odds of be making $17 million in a single uh, season are probably slim going forward. So, you know, so, so, so maybe you opt in and then, you know, because you still want to keep you, you can just make that decision in 2020 instead of 2019. Right. But, uh, you know, but I certainly see him coming back next year simply because I don't know whatever team would want to trade for that contract unless it's just a, you know, a straight salary dump. Right. If, if I, I'm probably with you, I think Jonas probably opts in just because, again, it's seventeen million dollars, and I don't think he gets that on the open market. Um, what do you do? You think it matters that I've seen a lot of people say that his his timeline doesn't add up or doesn't match up with. Uh, with obviously Jaron Jackson, do you think it matters that he's 26? Jaron's almost 20 now. Do you, does that matter to you? I think it matters in the sense that uh, you know the fit between those two players is not right. obvious as far as how it will work out. Um, you know, if, if Jonas is 22 and Jaron's 19 going on 20, then you know that you know for one, uh, you know if Jonas were that young, he'd he'd be a lot cheaper, and the risk of uh, you know, kind of locking that, 
that duo in for several seasons wouldn't be quite as high. You know, right. since you know, at, at this point, even if it's not seventeen million dollars, uh, you know, he's still a player that probably commands, you know, at least at least half of that per season. You know, he's still, you know, one of the most offensively talented big men in the NBA. Uh, you know, I think it's a case where, you know, do you really want thirty-year-old Jonas, who is not a good fit next to Jaron? Uh, you know, when Jaron is twenty-three, you know, and right. just entering his prime. You know, I think that is a decision you make, you know, like that's a decision you can make. Have you seen them already play together? Which obviously you haven't with, you know, Zaren having the deep thigh bruise. And at this point, probably isn't going to play another game until next season. Um, you know, I just, like, I just think the fact that we haven't seen that yet, you know, you probably have to approach that with a little bit more caution. Uh, you know, you also have to figure out what kind of role you want Jamie in. Is he a starter? Is he a bench big? You know, do you really want to invest big money into a talented bench big when, you know, right. hypothetically, you're probably going to be re- rebuilding going forward. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, what, what, what? Switching gears a little bit to another player that may or may not be here next year. Um, what do you think about Delon Wright? Delon, it is. I like Delon Wright a lot. I think he does a lot of great things. You know, I think he's he's good defensively. He he makes smart decisions with the ball. Uh, one thing I'm not sure is if he's a league guard. You know, I'm not sure if he right. is for sure the guy that you can lock in. And, you know, whether you, you trade Mike Conley this summer or if he opts out next summer or whatever it may be, you know, you have DeLon Wright under contract and, you know, you're safe at point guard for a while. You know, I'm not sure if he's that guy. You know, he seems to play a lot better when he's, you know, sharing the court with another ball handler. You know, you kind of look at the numbers and you see his – uh, you know, numbers alongside Conley versus without him. And, you know, there's a pretty big disparity there, which you can only read so much into it because, you know, guys are hurt. And obviously, you know, I'm sure everybody's right. on as much higher with, you know, Conley rather than the off. But, yeah, but I don't know. You know, he 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 doesn't seem like he's that great of a three-point shooter. You know, this is already a team that doesn't have that many shooters. So do you want to lock into a point guard that can't shoot? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I need more time with him just to kind of see what he can do in different situations. You know, unfortunately, yeah. there's only you know seven or eight games left, and there's not much time. But I'm not convinced he's a starting guard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Mark? Yeah, you know, I, I I'm kind of with you. I, I wish there was more time to to know what I have in Delon Wright. The the problem is they got to make a decision pretty soon, and they don't have any time, and neither do we um, to take a look at him. You know, I I like what Delon Wright. I like the idea of Delon Wright, uh, but I don't like I don't like the idea that my point guard or possible shooting guard can't really shoot the ball really that effectively that that is that is a concern for me um i think going forward i like the way he distributes the ball his, his vision on the court is amazing uh the way he can get to the the basket is amazing but i i've always had the mind that my guards need to be able to shoot the ball at least reasonably well um and, and Delon's all right but he's not above average by in the case of the, um, you know any stretch of the imagination like you said so uh, I'm kind of with you like I, I like Delon right but I think if you go out and you give him any more than six million dollars a year five six million dollars a year I think it's a mistake um and I've seen people say that he's going to get more than the mid-level exception and if he does I, I just I would be shocked if he got more than that on the open market this year yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this point guard market kind of shakes out, you know, because you figure, you know, D'Angelo Russell will get paid. Uh, yep. You know, you figure, you know, uh, teams will inquire about Mike Conley again. 
you know, like beyond that, you know, off the top of my head, there are not a ton of guys who, um, you know, are, or, you know, or you have Kemba, obviously. I think there's another guy I was trying to think of that's going to be a big name. Kemba, you know, D'Lo, and, you know, there's a handful of other guys. And then, you know, after that, it's tough to say how big the market for DeLon Wright will be. And you kind of run into the same issue with JV, too, where, you know, yeah. they're both 26. And DeLon Wright is actually older than JV. You know, he's a very, uh, you know, old player to just not be hitting restricted free agency. Uh, you know, so I think he's a good player. I think he's worth tying down, but I don't know if you pay him as though he's a starting point guard. I think you pay him as though he is a kind of combo guard that can run point in spurts, but can also line up next to somebody else and kind of fill up, you know, the gaps that maybe that other guy doesn't do. Sure. Yeah, and, and the problem with the restricted free agency, what, is, what I tell people on, on this show is that it only really takes one it only takes one other team to screw it up for you. You know, like it only takes one team to be an asshole about it and, and offer DeLon Wright twelve million dollars a year or something crazy. And then you're like, Well, that does you know, that's not happening anymore. Uh they can have him. So like it only takes one team to go out and screw it up for you, um, to really think that DeLon Wright is the next, you know, the next you know, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell or whatever. But um, you know, I again I, I think they, they I would love to have more time to look at DeLon Wright. I don't I don't think that you know, to be to be quite honest with you, like he, we've had, we've seen him have what a couple good games as a Grizzly. I mean, not that many. I've seen Tyler Dorsey have more good games than Delon Wright, or just as many. And that's kind of the issue for me is like, is Tyler Dorsey better than Delon Wright, or can they both coexist? That 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 type of thing that I've been toying with the idea of on the past week is, you know, can Tyler Dorsey coexist with Delon Wright? Is Tyler Dorsey better? I mean, obviously you want them both to turn out great, but you know, you have to make decisions on both. You know, if you can only keep one. Which one of those guys would you keep if you could only keep one? You know, I think I think DeLon Wright, you know, simply because he's been around longer and has a right. better track record for being, like, a better player. Sure. It, you know, like I would say DeLon Wright overall is, is better. But one thing I like about Tyler Dorsey is that he is a much more, to me, he's a much more aggressive offensive player, you know, as far as kind of, just looking for his own shot and he's, you know, definitely a better three point shooter. And, you know, this last week and a half or so he's kind of showed like this this playmaking knack that uh, you know, that I hadn't really seen from him previously. You know, not that he had a big red right. of NBA action to go off of, but that's sort of been a nice surprise. So you know, so I think he's definitely kind of worked himself surprisingly worked himself to the conversation of maybe being a, you know, a long term answer at point guard, but, you know, maybe not long-term starting point guard, but a long-term answer at point guard, you know, whereas DeLon Wright, I think it's more dependent on how much he's going to make. You know, you don't want a, yeah. a, a, a Tyler Johnson situation where, you know, a guy has a few good months and, then, you know, he's making $16 million a year. You know, I think the Grizzlies would be really un- unwise to pay that kind of money for DeLon Wright. I think so too. And, and, and obviously we're, we're talking about a, a guy in Tyler Dorsey who just got straight in for shoving Mac. So like, Let's like look. We you know obviously this is <laughs> yeah. with a grain of salt. You know we don't want to get a, a Marshawn Brooks situation where a guy plays really well. You know obviously playing really well on a bad team is different than playing really well on a good team. There's just there's just there's only a finite amount of shots that have to go out in a game, and so you know with only playing eight seven eight players and most of those guys aren't very good. You know there are some guys that are just going to get points because there's just only so many that can go around. Same thing and that goes for that goes for Jonas Valanciunas. Like next year. He's not going to be scoring 27 points a game. I mean, you're going to have Jaron Jackson back in the mix. You know, hopefully, me and if Mike Conley's back, Kyle Anderson, all these guys back who are normally going to take shots. And so you're not going to have 
27 points a night for for Jonas Valanciunas. The other guard we haven't talked about is Javon Carter. We talked about a little bit last night or at the after the game. Javon Carter can't get in the game right now. Um, is that is that a big red flag for you right now that he can't he can't get minutes over Tyler Dorsey and, and Delon Wright right now? No, only because he is a second round pick who's uh, you know I think I think his struggles have been pretty well advertised. You know he, right. he really only gives you defense. And, uh, you know, and it's also a situational thing where, you know, the Grizzlies are still trying to win. So, you know, I guess in a perfect world, this would be a time where you, you know, you let Javon Carter get further acclimated to the NBA game, let him find a shot, you know, which he was a decent three-point shooter by the time he was a senior at West Virginia. So he has the capability. Uh, you know, like the biggest issue with him is just overall just, you know, I guess like that mysterious like point guard feel. Like he just doesn't seem to have that feel for the game at all. And right. he's not kind of, you know, causing disruptions for every team on defense. He's not really giving you anything. Uh, you know, so it's a, a red flag in a sense. I think he still has a lot of work to do, uh, you know, just in the sense of being a 6'2 point guard. You know, you don't have too many 6'2 point guards in the NBA who are defensive specialists, and, that, and that's it, you know. Like, he needs to at least be able to be like a catch-and-shoot type guy where, you know, at least then maybe you could play him off the Kyle Anderson. And, you know, he's just more like that you know, kind of Mo Williams catch and shoot row and, you know, he's not just a complete offensive negative. Right. Uh, you know, so that's the the thing with him. He'll you know, he has a long off season of work, you know, he'll he have summer league and uh you know, really he's just more of a, a victim of circumstance and that, you know, this team, even if J B and players won't acknowledge it, you know, like the the front office wants the team to win and, you know, convey this pick. So he is a victim of the convey to pick movement and maybe the only player on, on the team who hasn't benefited from that. Right. Yeah. You know, like we, we joked about the other night, you know, the, the, how good you have to be, to, you know, you and me, I think it was me and you and me and Peter were talking and it's like, how good defensively you have to be to overcome the offensive woes that he's have right now. is just, you know, like off the charts and he's not even, he's not that either. So like that's, that is the kind of the ultimate reality is that, um, you know, it's almost like you have a guy who's super good at a three point shooter like uh, Jimmer Fredette, you know, who, but he's terrible on defense and it's such a liability on one end. You just can't put him out there consistently. And it goes the same for Javon Carter. Like, you know, his defense is, is nowhere near where it should be to make up for the lack of offense. Um, and in a time where the Grizzlies really, really struggle sometimes on offense, um, you know, that they, they need every, every bit they can get. Um, speaking of offense, that the offense out there, I, I joke about this all the time. Like without Mike Conley, it it looks um, it is it is not great. Uh, it is very confusing. Um, do you have any sense of what what they're supposed to be doing out there? Even when Mike Conley is on the floor, their offense, even since the trade, these guys still don't look like they know the plays. Yeah, no, I think it's just <laughs> you know like, this team is just it doesn't so, look great. So new, I mean. I mean, you know, not only the guys from the trade deadline, but, you know, you've also, you know, you have Bruno who's playing big minutes and got here in January. And this is really the first time in his career that he's, you know, he's been in the NBA for, uh, you know, this is year four or five for him. First time really right. playing heavy extended NBA minutes. You know, this is a guy that's been a one and off starter for the past few months. And, you know, just with all the guys I've gotten injured, you know, I don't know, you know, plus they changed their playbook, uh, you know, and they, uh, switch to like this kind of four slash five out offense, uh, you know, like two thirds of the way through the season. Uh, you know, I think, I think Mike Conley just being, you know, sort of a, a veteran guard, uh, you know, who's 
obviously played a lot, you know, seen a lot, like a lot of coaching, you know, can just naturally utilize that style of play. And he seems to really be enjoying all the extra space that's out there. You know, his stats have been way up. But, you know, but everyone else, you know, you have the line right who, uh, you know, got here after the trade deadline and is trying to learn everything on the, on the fly and really isn't necessarily a, you know, pure point guard type. You know, I think he's maybe more of a complimentary type guard. Uh, you know, and then Tyler Dorsey, who, you know, just got here at the same time, still learning. Uh, Kyle Anderson, ideally, who, you know, should be probably running the offense when Kyle Anderson is on the bench is not around, you know, because he's hurt. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the team just kind of looks like they're in disarray when Mike Kelly's on the bench. And uh, that's another thing that's kind of making it tough to judge what this team really, really is, you know. Like, there's just been so much change that it seems like you're trying to parcel a lot in a short amount of time as far as yeah. – what this team needs to do going forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. And I, I always fall back. As I just, you know, there's, there's only so much you can teach and, and so little time, obviously. Um, but yes, on more than one occasion, Mike Conley's out there telling people where to go uh, before the play starts. And the play usually ends with something, a Mike Conley shot of some sort that he made himself. So uh, you mentioned Bruno. I, we didn't talk about Bruno, but uh, I'll, I'll ask you about him before, you, before I get you out of here. Um, what do you think of Bruno? What, what can he, can he be a player long-term? I, I don't know how, how I feel about him yet, but I want to get your thoughts on him. I think he could be a player uh, long-term. I think especially this week, we've kind of seen him begin to put it together and, you know, kind of figure out how to utilize his, not only his skill set, but his body. I mean, you know, especially right. like last game against Golden State, you know, there was a, a couple of plays where he really got up for some putback layups that, you know, he hadn't been as aggressive on. And, uh, you know, he's also been more aggressive in getting those three-point shots up early. So, you know, it seems like he's becoming more comfortable in what he can do and also is realizing what he can do. Uh, you know, like he right. was like a volume three-point shooter for a bit and he, you know, isn't really a great three-point shooter, but he could knock him down at a good enough clip to where the defense has to be aware of him. And, uh, you know, and it seems like he's just trying to do more out there. And it's been kind of fun to watch, you know, this this 6'10", extremely long guy, you know, figure out how to do things other than just be long and like rebound and occasionally block shots, you know, like you see him, like you see his mind working and he's trying to put it all together. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm very, very excited to see what he can do with like an off season of work, you know, on an NBA roster, you know, knowing that you know he will be back in the fall and doesn't have to necessarily worry about the future as much for now, you know. Yeah, if he can remember that he can dunk on people, that'd be a great start uh, because he is. He's that would so, be he, awesome. Yeah, he's so damn athletic. It, it's it's insane. Uh, Amari Sankofa, writer for the Athletic. If you haven't already subscribed to the Athletic, please do so. I think it's like. Seven bucks or nine bucks a month, I think is what I pay. I don't know, but I get all I'll get all all of Amari's articles as well as Peter Edmondson's. Those guys are great, uh, man. I appreciate you joining me on this show, a regular on our show this year, and uh, we'll keep doing it over and over again. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Thanks again to Amari Sankofa from the Athletic joining me on today's show. Has uh, been on the show several times this year, so I really appreciate him joining me and talking Grizzlies and taking the time out for for this Friday episode. Remember to get this show every single day. Subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and new features every single day. Download Himalaya in your app store and subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies. And this is this is your first year or second year league? First year. First year? I tried out last year but didn't make it. Okay. Well at what point 
or what did you make it to last year? You just did the first part and then they yeah, selected? Yeah, first part. Yeah, like I didn't make the 250 or anything. I thought my like stats was good enough though, but I didn't. I guess it wasn't, so I didn't make it. Um, how different? I guess how different is is Memphis so far from New York? Uh, it's not that different, honestly, because like. Like I said, I live in downtown uh, Manhattan, so, like, you know, there's buildings everywhere in New York and stuff like that. So downtown Memphis, there's still a lot of buildings and things like that. I thought I was going to see, like, a lot of open space and, like, houses and all that in Memphis, but not really because we're in downtown. So right. it kind of feels the same. I gotcha. Um, how did you first get into gaming? Uh, I think it was when I was five. I was five years old, and my dad bought me a PS2 for my birthday, and then... That's when he bought me the newest NBA Live. It was NBA Live 06 with Melo on the cover. And then after that, I've just been playing basketball games for like years and years, like 13, 14 years. Been playing. Um, favorite video game of all time? Favorite video game of all time? Damn, favorite video game of all time. It has to, it, well. Damn, that's hard. I, top three is definitely, for me, GTA San Andreas. That was top three. Like, that, okay. like, always went to my friend's house, and we played on, um, like, two players on it. Mm-hmm. And, like, we just, you know, roamed the streets and did stuff on GTA, stuff like that. Um, if you're not playing 2K with the guys, is there a game that you're playing now? Yeah, Apex. Like, Apex. But before that, I was just playing either 2K or Fortnite, but... Apex came out, and I like Apex now, so play that every day. No Fortnite anymore? Nah, no Fortnite. It made a lot of updates. I don't really like it no more. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there a point, I guess, whenever you're playing, you know, because you're growing up and playing, is there, like, a is there a time where you just realize that this might be something I could do and get paid to do it? Yeah, like, um, so I played baseball until I was 14. Like, I've been playing baseball from when I was 4 years old to 14 years old. And then when I was at 14 years old, I got an injury. I teared my tendon. So, I, like, you know, that year I sat back, was playing a lot of video games. And on um, 2K, it was 2K14 at the time. Like, that started blowing up, like, on YouTube, Twitch, all that. So I was like, oh, like, you know, I love 2K. And, you know, this is blowing up. And I see a lot of YouTubers making money from it and stuff like that. So I was like, man, it would be dope to, like, you know, be a professional 2K player, whether it's making YouTube videos streaming or like you know playing in like gbs back then so you know 14 years old is when i like took it serious and you know try to like do something with it uh it seems like everybody i guess everybody has said the same thing like starting on twitch and kind of doing your own thing was like is how you kind of get into it yeah like back then when two like 2k14 streaming became popular everybody was trying to stream and you know everybody was trying to do youtube videos but, like, throughout the year, I wasn't consistent with the YouTube videos and stuff like that. So, I mean, I just kept playing. And then 2K17, they announced the league. So, I was like, all right, I'm going to go for that. How do you um, how do you make a successful uh, Twitch? It was so many people out there doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, well, it's different. Like, you know, with other games, people like personality. Mm-hmm. You know, they like yeah. streamers that are funny. But with 2K, it's more different. It's like people like to watch, you know, like cheesers or like people like to watch the best of the best you know what right. i mean so with 2k you could either be a personality streamer who you know gets known for their personality or you could just be somebody that's good at the game you know grinding the game being the first to the highest rep or right. something like that so you know it's a lot of ways you could go about it um who is your favorite nba player kevin durant 
Uh, current NBA player, Kevin Durant. Sorry, yeah, Kevin, I didn't yeah, specify. Durant, yeah. Still all time NBA player, Kevin Durant. Uh, or what's, who's your I mean, before player? that it was Kobe, but Kobe? you know, like, like around 2011, 2010, KD started becoming like my second favorite player, mm-hmm. and then Kobe retired, so KD my favorite. Um, who you rooting for? Like, who's your favorite NBA team? Golden State, because, I mean, KD's on it. I don't really got a favorite team, but, like, wherever KD goes, I'll go. So, you know, he was on OKC last year, so – or two years ago, so I was going for OKC, but – You think KD's going to the Knicks? Or the Lakers, for that matter? Or the Knicks? Nah, I don't think he's going to none, honestly. I think he's, he's going to stay? He, yeah, I think he's going to stay because he don't like, like, all that criticism stuff and stuff like that. So, if he goes to NY, that's just going to be more criticism and stuff like that. Oh, that's that. going to be, so, like, ten times as hard yeah, as it is. Yeah, it's going to give people a reason to talk and, you know, talk down on him. So, I don't think he'll go. I think he'll stay and go to state. I think they'll I think they'll get rid of Draymond, though. That's that's just my opinion. But. Draymond, and you think Clay will be there next year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Clay. Um, you think they got it in to get another one? Golden State? Get another championship? Yeah. Think so? But yeah, yeah, they do they definitely do, but this year is like a hell roll because like uh Golden State is in first, so OKC is in eighth place. Yeah. So they gotta play each other. As of right now, they gotta play each other in the first round. Then Rockets is in third place. So if Rockets become in fourth place, they gotta play the Rockets in the second round. So it's mm-hmm. like playing OKC in the first round and then in the second round, you play the Rockets, like that's a tough role. Yeah. Plus the all the chemistry issues, but the talent should overcome that, honestly. Right. The talent they got on that team. That's what I mean. That. It's going to be like a gauntlet. Yeah. Like, and then taking playing that amount of playing that amount of games every year. Yeah. You know, all the way until June or something every year. Yeah. You, you It really and, takes a toll on you. Yeah. And they still got to keep like they still got to keep playing because like throughout the year there was so many injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. So their chemistry was you know always getting like dismantled. So they got to bring it back up and keep playing. Okay. Um. What um what position do you play on the team? Shooting guard. Shooting guard. Okay. Yeah. I thought that's what it said. Uh, Sharpshooter. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you choose that position in two K? Well, why is that just uh, something you've always done, or is it something that you strategically did for for last year trying out, or? Yeah. Um. Two K seventeen. Like when I came into the competitive scene, I was a center, and then as I played center throughout the year, I loved shooting like middies and stuff, and so like I fell in love with like just shooting jump shots a lot. So then when 2K18 came around, I was like, all right, I want to be like a pure sharp or sharpshooter, something like that. So in 2K18, I made a switch to the sharpshooter. And then, like, that's when I, like, really blew up. Like, that's when, like, everybody started knowing me. I started winning tournaments in 2K18 as a sharp. So I just stuck with it. Um, Is there an NBA player that you try and, like, model your 2K game after? Uh, I don't try to model my game after nobody. But, Mm -hmm. like, a comparison I can make is, like, Klay Thompson, you know, just a – a dude who runs up and down the court to knock down shots, put the ball in the hoop, um, and just come back on the other end and play defense. Really. Uh, what What did you know about the Grizzlies before you got here? Uh, just I being know, around the league, just watching watching NBA. If you don't, have, you're yeah, not like a diehard yeah. fan. As no, no, yeah, like um, like throughout the years, you know, Grizzlies been that grit and grind kind of team, you know, with toughness and stuff like that. So that's really what I knew coming into here. So, and I just, I want to carry that over to the NBA 2K League, like just a team with physical defense and, you know, just swinging on defense. So, well, um, well I guess what do you think you um, bring to the team this year? Yeah, um, like knockdown shooting, playing defense, you know, even like, like I think it was two days ago, like I try to uh, bring into like a couple plays that I used to run in Pro-Am. So just yeah, everything, honestly, everything. 
Cool, man. Um, I guess last thing, how different is it playing? Um, you know, now you guys are going to be playing in an arena, obviously in New York. Yeah. How, how different is that going to be for you? Uh, it's going to be a little different, but it shouldn't be that much because, you know, like like I said, playing in tournaments and stuff like that and then, like, playing baseball when I used to play in front of big crowds and stuff like that, it's like all that all that combined, like, it shouldn't be that much different in my opinion, I feel like. Cool. J-Ron, thank you, dude. Uh, Thanks again to Justin Rodriguez and Amari Sankofa for today's show. Justin Rodriguez and the, all the people over at Grizz Gaming for uh, really making it super easy for me to come talk to those guys uh, and, and recording our conversation, our one-on-one. So that was that was really cool. Uh, remember, those guys start playing April 2nd, April 3rd, excuse me, April 3rd at 4 p.m. They take on the T-Wolves Gaming. That's their first game, so make sure you keep that date open. Um, they are in a tournament, so they'll play several games um, throughout the day that day. Again, thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, just go to the Himalaya Podcast, go subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies. If you want to be a featured sponsor on this show, please do so and email me at lockedongrizz at gmail.com. We have great rates. We have an ever-growing audience every single day. If you're not following the show already, please do so at Locked On Grizz. That's where we will continue the conversation after the show. If you still don't know where to go, just go to lockedongrizzlies.com. <laughs>